Let's start with a big breath. Let's fucking breathe some life in <laughs> to our systems. You ready? Yeah. It's a very A podcast. We're back. Sean and Cass. How you doing, girl? I always like to try to breathe out a lot further than you can, because I think when you get like all the oxygen out, because sometimes I think we have this like level layer of um, air, stagnant. stagnant air that we just like are breathing in and out from here, but we gotta like, but you gotta like really be like. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I love like extreme deep breaths, and like you know the first couple are always like, oh, I can't do this, and then you get used to it, and you're in a flow like you wouldn't fucking believe. Everything starts tingling. You also, it's hard to hold on to bullshit when you start breathing deeply. Also, you can hold your breath for a lot longer than you think when your, like, blood's oxygenated. Mm-hmm. And why would we need to do that? Um, I don't know. I thought, it, I don't know. It might, I, I, the science of the breath is, I just know it's healthy for you. You know, having oxygenated blood and just, you know, keeps it all flowing. Yeah, yeah. Little simple stuff like that. Um, the amount of water you take in in a day, how how deep you breathe, how mindfully you breathe, that kind of shit like really affects the 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 day to day feeling of um, whether or not you can you know obtain presence. I feel you know it's so funny because it's so obvious, but it's like I need to be reminded every day. Like, did you drink water today? You, you you don't you don't do it. It's kind of crazy that I li- I live with you and nobody would expect this if I told them. No, they would think that this is a lie. You don't drink water and you don't exercise at all. Like you literally, you just move around kind of like you're like kind of like a cat a little bit, you know. Yeah, maybe not everyone needs as much movement. I, I guess know. not. I, I don't know how this is possible. I used to warn you. Like, I remember like eight years ago being like, this is cute and everything. I understand, uh, you know, you're lazy, but <laughs> you, it ain't always going to be so easy to keep your body looking and feeling great. You know, wait till you get into your 30s. And now you're well into your 30s and you're fucking still not really doing much to maintain this amazing appearance. Oh, thanks, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say I'm, like, fucking dealing with back pain today, so I fucking, I do. I do, like, when I have to do anything different, I'm, like, like, we 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 work, like, you know, not that often because a lot of production is, like, preparing for a shoot, and then you have one day of shooting, and then, yeah. but, like, most of the time I'm, like, sitting down at my computer or in bed on my computer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, that day that... I'm like on my feet all day and I'm like, Oh my God, my core must be so weak because my back is like after two hours, I was like, I got to sit down. Oh, yesterday. Yeah. We spent most of the day like running errands and oh yeah, you know, yesterday, yeah, yeah, that's why you're feeling tight today. Oh, probably. You didn't get your normal 23 hours of rest. <laughs> I think you also need to like, it's just as creatures, we should be able to like outrun, you know, some sort of whatever, you know, yeah some natural disaster or a falling building or whatever it is you just yeah. need to be able to like when you got to pick up and run you should be able to really sprint yeah well I'm, i train for this shit every day and <laughs> go the distance and, and and the sad part is i train for this every day it's not going to make a difference if we actually do have to run because i'm going to be hanging back with you while you're like oh no i can't do it i'm out of breath please hold on <laughs> too fast <laughs> 
bullshit. Uh, yeah, no. 2022. It's a new year, new day. I could fucking turn it around. Oh, you're not going to. Don't even tell yourself or the people that you're not going to exercise <laughs> this year. Maybe in 2032, if if we're still doing this, we'll be able to report back. Like, you guys got into the, a good habit of, of exercising. I didn't even put it on my... Uh, um, New Year's resolutions to no, exercise. you don't even bother. I don't, you don't even, even bother. bother. The crazy, the crazy thing to me about it is, and, and like, I'm, you just must have an aversion to, you know, this idea that we need to exercise to feel good. Because we have a fucking trampoline in our apartment that we paid all kinds of money for that I'm on every day. And I'm like, Cass, get on here. And you're like, yeah, I should do that. <laughs> You literally just won't do it. It's fucking crazy. It's fucking crazy. But I think partly why you get away with this is because you're mellow. You're just a mellow person, you know? So I don't I, I don't think you need to do what I need to do to expend the energy. Because if I don't do that, I'm going to be on your case. I'm going to be on my case. I'm going to be on fucking Mayor's case. I'll be fucking mad at everyone on the internet and mad at everything you know what i mean if i don't expend that energy i know what kind of fucking freak show i, I mean become. it really goes down to like how much fire earth water air you have in your chart i yeah. gotta believe that like, i know i fucking can't believe that we've come around to being those kind of people yeah i'm like i have a lack of fire and so i think there is something to like what trump says about how you only have a certain amount of energy and you don't <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, now that's a theory that makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, Trump's way of thinking about exercise is that you're born with just a certain amount of physical energy, and why would you use it all up <laughs> exercising? <laughs> that's one way of thinking about it. Yeah, no, but, uh, yeah. No, you have the, the, the fire in you, and um, I don't know. I, my, I like to be close to the earth. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's where I'm most comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's so great though, because like I, I'll exercise like once every three months, and every time I do, I'm like, I feel amazing. Oh yeah, you won't shut up about it. I'm I like, literally, if you did this every day, man. I know. I want to be like, I want to be like on Instagram or TikTok, like with my sweaty red face, like, oh my god, like this is like, and I have all these epiphanies too, like when I'm running or when I'm moving my body, like it really is a positive experience. Yeah, yeah. That's um, a, that's a. So I'm gonna be a big advocate of exercise, whether or not I partake. Yeah. 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 We love the epiphany of the obvious in our life. We're coming around to something that is just like been so clear and in our face for so long. And then we're like, all right, fine. <laughs> is this not a podcast of epiphanies of the obvious? Oh, totally. <laughs> totally. That's what stoner podcasts are, I feel like, mm -hmm. you know, and that's what this is. Yeah. Yeah. Fully. Like we've been doing this. Man, we probably recorded our first episode. Was that 2014? Mm-hmm. January 2014, around this time, uh, eight years ago. Mm -hmm. Fucking Jesus Christ! Well, we've come a long way, baby, <laughs> but we also haven't. No, <laughs> I know. We said that. We were saying that the other day. Oh man, um, I wanted to up top give a shout out to a couple people. Alexandra Lee, she's a new patron or an old patron, and um, she upped her pledge. Fucking helps us so much right now. The generosity of a few people this week uh, totally just changed my mindset. Yeah, you know? I definitely can't name them all off my head, but uh, Jesse really hooked us up. And uh, Jesse's our brother. He's going to he's gonna co-host a Church of Chill episode with me when we're in L.A., but he sent us some money. It was fucking so generous and so nice. Just made me feel like we weren't drowning. Uh, Shenanigans gave us um, a boob NFT. Yeah, we got an NFT. We woke up this morning with, uh, you yeah. <laughs> know... 
our our new friend from our Discord who goes by Shenanigans, I believe his real name is Jake. Jake yeah. He's like, I want to send you guys some NFTs. I'm like, I don't even. So now we have a. The more I learn about NFTs, the more I realize I don't even know what an NFT is. I even even when I do know, I feel like I know less. It's it's kind of this elusive thing for me. I don't know why. So, but he sent us some boobs, some and some ass, some booba, and some booty. Yeah. And a lion. No, it's so it's so fun, and I I get it. Like I, this was our it's our first NFT, and it's kind of nice to have someone shepherd you into the universe and kind of see how it can be fun. Because like these boobs make milk, and I guess milk makes money, and mm-hmm. it all yeah. goes around. And I kind of and we had money. we had our friend Ty come over, and he's like, "Yo, I wake up and I play this game, and I'm making like all this money playing a game." And I'm like, "That's awesome!" Like I think I it's think, called Jewel. Um yeah, and yeah. so. I think that there's this like universe that we're not well versed to and can't necessarily speak well to. But what I do understand about it is that people have fun. And when you point your energy towards fun, it seems that there's rewards, mm. you know, like um, boobs or whatever. Ha- I don't know if it's still having its moment, but it had its moment and will have moments again, I believe, um, where people are just like exchanging boobs or buying boobs and everything like that. And then they can make milk. And I'm like... Even just the text, the DM exchange that I was having with Jake, I was like, this is hilarious. Yeah. You know? And we love that. Yeah. So it does keep your attention that way. And I think that in an intention economy, like the moving, I don't know who's making money, where, or how it works, but it seems to be going well for people and God bless them. Yeah. Yeah. We're definitely uh, taking huge steps, not just us, collectively, we're taking huge steps into a new paradigm. And there's a lot of people that are so invested in the old paradigm that are just fucking pissed about it. And it's hard to make sense of what's going on, you know, because everyone has such polarizing opinions about everything these days. Like, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of space for the nuanced, compassionate conversation. Like, we were just, right before we got on here, we were just talking about Neil Young. Like, he's our fucking favorite. I mean, we we fucking love Neil Young. And then yesterday I see that he, like, comes out with saying, like, uh, he sent a letter to Spotify that's basically, like, it's Joe Rogan or me. You know, I'm not going to be on the same platform with they're this guy. They're definitely going to choose Joe Rogan. Of course, they're paying Joe Rogan $500 million. How much are they paying Neil Young? Nothing. They're You know, like, if, if Neil wants to walk away from Spotify and make a point about anything, it shouldn't be about censoring another creator. It should be about how they don't pay artists, really. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Take a stand. Like, Neil should get together with uh, Sir Paul McCartney and Paul Simon and Bob Dylan and, you know, whoever else, just the biggest... Taylor Swift really Taylor the first one to do this, But the big titans and all come together and saying, our music's coming off these platforms until you start paying everybody properly. But instead, Neil Young is like, I'm going to take my stuff off this platform until you censor Joe Rogan. And I'm just like, God damn, I wish I didn't fucking read this headline. Because, uh, yeah, I don't, I just don't want to know that much more about Neil Young, I guess. Like, Yeah, uh, I so don't believe in censorship. And I think people should be able to say, uh, Joe Rogan should be able to have questions about the vaccine and, be, yeah. and, and not want to do it himself. And, like, I respect that. But... And I do understand a bit on Neil's perspective, like there's real consequences. This is affecting a lot of people who are choosing because of one particular influential person to not get the vaccine. And a lot of people are uh, really suffering because of it. So it's like, but is that, that's kind of just like the nature of life, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's like how, like, it's like a grasp for control in a way. 
But I love Neil so much, and I know he's so about love, and I know he cares so much about people, and I really believe that. I believe that's where this comes from. But Joe, that's also how you get manipulated into becoming, you know, a person who's in favor of censorship. Yeah. I, I think that the, the the part about all this stuff that gets me, because I, I see uh, another one of our favorites, Tim Heidecker, is like on the same trip. It's like, it just, he won't shut the fuck up about Joe Rogan. And, and some of it's funny, but like most of it you could tell is just like really just kind of jealousy and insider Hollywood bullshit. And it's just like listening to all these rich guys fucking argue with each other is, is kind of, kind of gets to me. But like the, the, um, the capital L liberals out there. It's just, it's, it's embarrassing because I think that, you know, their, their problem with Joe speaks to their problem with his audience really is that they think that they're stupid and, you know, they're, they're extremely condescending by, by saying like this guy's voice needs to be silenced because, you know, look, he's leading all these sheep. Like it's just assuming that people can't think for themselves. It's just assuming that, um, people won't go and follow up on, on whatever Joe's saying with their own research and their own information. It's just, uh, it, it's just assuming the worst things about, um, someone who disagrees with you. And I think that's what we got on, on the right wings side about for so long is, you know, that they want their detractors silenced and censored and now the left wants the same thing so that's why you kind of just got to fucking start to zoom out a little bit more and remove yourself from that whole thing so it kills me when i see someone like neil young get involved in a culture war i'm like bro come on man just make your music you just made a beautiful fucking album don't take that down because joe rogan's saying some shit why don't you go on joe rogan and fucking have an argument with him you know what i mean you don't think joe rogan would have neil young on if he tried to go on like, go on there and argue the points and let people hear that and let people hear the debate. You know, this other way we're going is, like, scares me more than whatever Joe could be saying that's hurting people. You know what I mean? That there's a consensus. There's a consensus and you're, you're, you're against it. You need to be silenced and locked away. Like, I, I don't know. I, like, I don't feel comfortable with that, really, either. Very strange fucking timeline we're living in. That's what I was about to say. Strange times. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a, that's that's some some leftover language from 2020. Remember that was that was everybody's thing. Those strange days. This is strange times. We're Our friend uh, Andrew created a zine called Strange Days. I have the sticker right here. But it's just like all he does is, uh, not all. He it's really awesome. He does a zine where uh, a quarterly zine where he talks about like strange th- happenings, mm. and he'll talk about like UFO sightings or you know different. Um, extraterrestrial things or I don't know just think of anything strange the the, the idea that there's like the abominable snowman or any sort of story of mm. something weird or bizarre a weird birth or something it's, you, it's really you, fascinating you want to hear the fucking well you know the rabbit hole I've been in lately uh, this, oh, yeah. this would be a perfect we got we got to hit up Andrew and say you need to do a whole strange days scene about this because there's not a lot of uh, it's not easy to find or there's not a lot of information out there about this but this idea of like it's the only thing I could really think about calling it is like a parallel lives, and uh, I have this TikTok. The, the, this is what set me set me down this path. Should I should I play this TikTok? Yeah, and then I can yeah I'll grab it off or I'll be able to record it later. All right, listen. This is a, this is a two minute thing, and uh, yeah, check this out. This is what sent me down this rabbit hole, and then I'll read you another thing, and then we can talk about it a little bit. All right, I've said this on my page before, so if you've already seen it, keep scrolling. If not, um. I think that I'm in a parallel 
universe. And the reason why I say that is because one day I had a normal ass life and I just was living all the way up until I was about 23. I'd say 23, maybe 24. And then I went to sleep. And when I woke up again, I was like 10 years old in my mom's bed. And ever since then, I've been living on this parallel universe. And things are different. Of course, I've heard of the Mandela effect and stuff, but it's not even just that. It's like colors are completely different to me now. Everything looks ashy in this like in this universe. Everything looks ashy. When I was a kid and before I came to this side, see, it's so, it sounds so weird. And nobody's going to believe me. No one, some people believe me. Some people are like, okay, that's cat, but it's whatever. I, I can't. I can't make this shit up. Like, but pretty much I was growing up and living my normal life. And then I had two kids. I had a boy and I had a girl. And then I woke up uh, in my mother's bed and my mom, she always had like a really dark room. So she had blankets over it, like darkest room. So I remember waking up um, and just like looking around and I knew someone was next to me. So I walk and I go into the hallway and across the hallway is the bathroom. So first I'm, th I'm like thinking, am I dreaming? Like this has to be a dream. And my sister's in the mirror and she's like, why are you just staring at me? And mind you, my sister, um, she ended up passing away. So I'm staring at my sister in like disbelief. And so to me, um, I remembered my sister's not supposed to be on earth anymore. And so um, I went and I hugged her really tight, like really tight. And she's like, stop, stop, you're hurting me. You know, I'm the little sister that's annoying the big sister. Um, but I and I just remember I missed my kids. I missed my kids so much. Like I knew I had a boy, I knew I had a girl and I didn't remember their names. I just, I missed them and I, I missed my partner, whoever I was in a relationship with at the time. I didn't know, I know who it was now, but I didn't, but I missed that person. And I remember for like three weeks, I kept thinking I was gonna wake up and go back to my life, like my normal ass life. Wake up, okay, I'm, I'm a mom again, and it never happened. So I believe this is not my, I don't believe I'm from this universe, I guess we would call it. <clears throat> this, this isn't my, <laughs> this ain't my time. Like, I don't know what happened, I don't know how I shift, but yeah, that's about it. Does that not sh send shivers down your spine? Tell me what it does to you. Well, it's so it's so visceral. It's kind of hard to describe. It's it it like it it reminds me of something that is like it's it's too big to comprehend. It's like too like it it, just, it points out so easily that this is an illusion, and it's just something about this being like a TikTok of like this this just looks like you know some woman who's like at work who's just like. I, I, she just doesn't. You look at this person. You're like, you're not a liar. You're not making this up for no reason, whatever. And just something about it, just eerie, eerie uh, feeling in there. Like this is the way it is, and this has happened to me before. Yeah, I have a couple of feelings about it. Like my brain, like looks for the evidence of how this is like her kind of just having a weird dream when she was a kid, and like kind of it just feeling very significant. That, yeah, that would make me feel better. And I think that's me searching <laughs> to feel better. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. Um, so, like, I do think it could be something like that in some ways. But, and I, I do believe her. I believe she had this experience. But I also, it, I do believe that time is an illusion. And she could have tapped into, like, a future memory or experience. And when she says that the universe feels ashy, that hurts my heart. 
because mm. I've had experiences like on psychedelics or whatever where I did not like the way the universe looked like it just like it's so bright and colorful and usually on psychedelics it becomes more bright and colorful but sometimes it's felt small and dark and dark or sepia or whatever and the idea that she's living in a universe that kind of feels like that like really breaks my heart because I've when I've had experiences like that I'm like I would not like this at all Fuck. and the idea that she's missing her kids and the head what <sighs> I mean it's crazy. God. I wonder how many other people are out there like this. And that's kind of the beauty of TikTok is like, well, there's also like a lot of people are looking for attention. So you kind of do have your skeptics hat on when yeah, you yeah. see something like this. But then there's also like, yo, I would we would probably never hear about something like this unless it was for like these apps that allow these things to become trendy. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's just so wild and eerie because it's just like, I don't know, it kind of just begs the question, like, when did you become you? When did you enter this vessel? Was it when you were born? Was it at some other point? You know? Am when I did me? consciousness flood in and, you know, give you a sense that you are a cast? You know? And it, it, I don't know. It kind of just reminds me, again, that we're not the container. You know? We're, we're in this. I'm stuck in Sean right now, but I'm not Sean. I'm actually like, this is just kind of like a point of loving awareness. This is just kind of like a, a data point, you know, the, the Sean experience. What I am is actually way bigger and it, it's, it's everything and it's everything that's ever happened and everything that ever will happen. And it's all happening right now. And when you're born into this, um, density, the, the veil drops and you spend your life kind of thinning the veil or avoiding thinning the veil a little bit yeah like I, I don't know i'm coming up with all this as like i'm i'm just trying to piece together like what the fuck this could be but to my from my experience it seems like when you're born a veil drops and it allows you to take form without the fucking memory of everything that's ever happened you know all the all the lives you've lived and will live without that all fucking flooding in all the time so the veil drops down and your life is a series of karmic predicaments that are, and nothing is outside of this. Every single thing that happens to you is there for your awakening and to deal with the, this, you know, these karmic challenges that you came here to deal with. And everything is helping you get there. And along the way, some things might happen and some things have happened to us that will awaken you to your true potential, to who you really are, to what you really are, to the bigger sense of the whole thing. And it'll make you aware of the predicament you're in. And once you become, for me at least, once you become aware of that predicament, you can start to take things a little less seriously. And you can start to realize like, oh, I'm on a fucking merry-go-round of incarnation. And this is going to keep happening. And it's okay. I'm here to learn mm -hmm. lessons. This isn't personal. It, it's either extremely personal or it's not personal at all. So I don't know. There's just kind of like I hear stories like this and that's what it, it just it reminds me of what our nature is. And I don't know. I just don't think it's any coincidence that stuff like this drops into my radar the week after we basically do a podcast where we're like we're broke. We're getting thrown out of our place. Everything. The world feels like it's caving in on us. We feel like we have no ground to stand on, whatever. And then I fall into a rabbit hole of. Man, people that <laughs> don't even feel like they belong in the container that they're stuck in. 
and have memories of other containers that they were stuck in and, and other people and other beings that like they just can't access anymore. It just taps me back into the absurdity of it all and the mystery of it all and that um, just basically, this sounds crazy, but like how we as human beings can't even comprehend the perfection of everything that's happening and happening for us and to us. We can't even comprehend that. Yeah, I mean, it's like uh, we and we and we get the amazing opportunity to bear witness to the highs and the lows. Yeah, and it's like you know we talk about and with Buddhist philosophy, and it's like how attached you are to that high or to that low is where the suffering comes in. So when you can mm. kind of just enjoy, like you're saying, the great mystery of this, it's it's kind of like oh look at that, oh so interesting, oh funny, you know. Yeah, and then also releasing attachment to. And this is the place that I'm trying to get more comfortable in is as we navigate a new living situation that we don't know what it's going to be yet, feeling like, oh, could we fuck this up? And I'm just like, no, you, no. there's no. no fucking it up. It's it's no. about, it's our perception as we go along and knowing that we're making the best choices that we can in each moment and trusting uh, the great adventure of it all. And mm. um, yeah, kind of, and kind of like, kind of being excited for it to, to have like a different this has been such like a 10-year chunk of our life yeah that and i and i feel my attachment and my identity has fused with this apartment yeah and what it represents and people coming over and being like oh your place is so nice or whatever it is and feeling like we could host in the city and like our identity is completely wrapped up in this place right now and yeah that, that doesn't look like anything to anyone else it just feels like something to us like when we move out of here it's not going to change anyone's opinion of us at all it's it's just kind of what we, you know, our perception of it. So it's like we could make this a hell that we have to leave here or we could make it heaven. Yeah, it's funny. And then I like to hear what she experienced and it kind of makes you think like, oh, and I went down a rabbit hole of not too long ago. And I, I don't, of uh, it happens more in India, but these children who come to this world with like past life experiences where they have very... Uh, vivid memories of what they were doing who their family was and then kind of they connect with their family and then they're like welcomed into the family as like the brother who got hit by on when they were on their bicycle trying to sell incense oh my god that'll be a rabbit hole for you it's kind of crazy but it will just i mean imagine someone came to my family now and was like i'm aaron you know i know you guys already I, I, I did this pass through with you guys. Sorry, I had to bounce out of my my meat body when I was fifteen, but I'm I'm back, and you know. Yeah, I'm that there. is eerie because they probably wouldn't like. I don't think she was able to say like I'm this guy or I have these previous memories until she could talk and was much older. Right. So there's like a probably a five year period before they contacted the family to say like, Hey, our daughter thinks she's your son oh my god reincarnated oh my god that's some trippy shit well that that's kind of like to what i'm saying the veil didn't drop on them when they were born for some reason you know and they had they still had access to the previous thing and i think for most of us um that that happens in uh you know these moments It, it happens in these in these mini epiphanies that happen throughout our life and uh, d- depending on 
whether we go towards those those moments, those things that are meant to awaken us, or if we retreat to them from them, shows how attached we are to the identifying with the container. Yeah, and I think like there's there's reason to think oh like this is part of the culture in india and therefore that's why it's more common but it's like because it's part of the culture in there and the belief in reincarnation that's why when someone is like hey i remember you know my other family the parents don't just like go like haha that's funny they are like with respect hear what they're saying i like that culture i appreciate that kind of culture because i think that it can't help but breed compassion when you are everything and everyone and you know you're going to be fucking, you're going to just keep doing this trip around and around as every fucking single thing that could ever happen just so you can have those karmic predicaments that can wake your soul up and evolve it more. Like that makes me more compassionate. It makes me want to be a nice guy. It makes me want to be sweet to people because I will be them. I'll be on the receiving end of my sweetness one day. And that's pretty cool, you know? Yeah, no, it's it's one of those things kind of Ramdas says, like he used to, uh, kind of have a countdown clock to when he would get enlightened, you know, and him and Tim Leary would like think like, okay, well, like, you know, after we, you know, do this many meditations, mm. probably like 10 years, we'll be enlightened or yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. And he's obviously telling that story after it's been much longer. Yeah, yeah. And it just makes me think of, yeah, when you first kind of start exploring this territory of even understanding that there is such a thing as awakening yeah. and that you can have brief glimpses at it and then kind of I feel like in a liminal space, as we say, of not that I don't want to be a better person and not that I don't want to wake up and all and be enlightened and all that stuff, but kind of like less of an attachment to it happening and more kind of like an in the dance kind of. Yeah, let's do the work. <laughs> you know, enlightenment, I don't know, to my understanding of what it is, uh, seems like spiritual retirement, you know, and I'm like, I don't know, I've still got a lot more work to do. Let's let's do the fucking work. Send the lessons my way. Come on. All right. I get it. We're getting thrown out of our apartment. This is a pretty big fucking lesson. We have some some fucking very a, a few sweet homies that are fucking trying to help us financially. That's a fucking great lesson. And learn how to receive. Learn how to fucking be humble and receive. Oh, brother. yeah. Let's no, fire it lit under our ass to like shake every goddamn tree we can think of and 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 it's like so necessary but yeah the lessons are funny and it's also funny because we have a particular attachment like most people don't stay in one place for 10 years no like this is kind of a ridiculous thing like we're the longest people who have been in this building we built we were the first people to move into this building when it was like open for residents it used to be a pencil factory and I think there's one other person who's, who's, been, here who's been here this long. So to us, like, oh my God, we have to move. And to everyone else, they're like, yeah, I mean, that's what you do in life. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, but to us, it's like, and, and I had to explain this to my parents because they project onto me like normie values. And and maybe they're deep down somewhere in there. Maybe one day they'll get awoken. But like, you know, they're like, oh, great. You're getting kicked out of your place. Well, now you can, you know live the life like your sister and your cousins do and every normie vanilla person we know. And it's like, hey, mom and dad, just so you know, can I just remind you, like, my dream since I'm 15 years old was to fucking be a director and be an artist, and I'm doing that. And then I got the dopest apartment you can imagine and the hottest chick that you could fucking ever want to partner up with. And my life is exactly how I wanted it. I designed it like this. We don't plan on having kids. We don't, we want to just make art from a comfortable place in a vibrant community. 
And we've been doing that and we've been doing that for 10 years. So it's not like we're sitting here like, oh, we got bigger and better things. Like we keep doing bigger and better things. It doesn't mean we need to take up more space in this universe. Like this is the life we've designed for ourselves. But now for some reason, and I'm just going to take it as perfection unfolding before my eyes, it's changing. And um, it's cool. It'll be fine. If you were leaving me, it'd be a whole different story. That would be a tragedy. This is like... All right, cool. We'll go broke together. We'll move someplace together. We'll we're figure not, it out. We're I not going broke. I want you to stop saying that. No, I know. We're not going to go broke. I mean, we already are, but like we're turning it around right now. We're going to figure it out. It's we're, hard. It's hard. We're opening the door to new possibilities and uh, kind of like exp- you need to like close one door to open another and you don't even know what's on the other side of closing this door. And that's kind of what's really exciting. It's like a little nerve wracking. Cause like when you change your situation or change your career or change where you live or whatever it is, or change your partner, yeah. you're definitely closing a door and there's like a lot of mourning to that. Yeah. And it's like fear, like, Oh my God, is it going to be better or whatever? Mm. But, um, when things need to change, I mean, you can only look back so much. You kind of got to move forward and just know that like, Oh, we're going to have a lot of space energetically not not i don't know about physically but energetically Mm -hmm. it'll it'll take up space in some ways the stress of moving but it'll open up space in other ways you know and and allow ourselves to evolve because i i do feel like that there is some stagnation that happens you can't help it you know Mm -hmm. um and i and i didn't come to this life to stagnate i like to be comfortable but i do i did come to this life and when I did think more about enlightenment and more about the spiritual path and kind of my big zoomed out perspective of it is like the releasing of attachment to the material world yeah. and this idea. And not that I want to be like a beggar on the street. I really, I I have like a spiritual respect for people who are doing a different path and who, and not, not that I envy it and I know it's incredibly difficult, but like also kind of just kind of like, oh, is that like we're I don't look at people who are down and out as like less than I'm like oh you're like you're like like uh like um Mr. Rogers says you know like closer to God in some ways you Mm -hmm. know the the power of the exchange of giving and receiving of of being incredibly generous and understanding what that even means and knowing how to traverse the world and having each human interaction because you don't have the comfort of your home be like that much more significant. Yeah. You can't just like retreat and be protected. Like you were, you were like, we're all these like nerve endings, these God nerve endings. And like, some people are like on the edges and really feeling it. Yeah. Oh, and there's yeah. something very uh, pure about that experience. And there's something that, I don't know. I don't feel like this isn't coming out right. No, keep doing it. You got it. it. (laughs) But, you know, it's, it always seemed like, oh, like I of course aspire to not, I, I aspire to not necessarily when I think I'm at my best is to like release the, uh, what could become a prison of comforts, you know? Yeah. And the stuff that allows you to grow. Like I think some of the more powerful experiences we've had besides psychedelics are like, the own self retreats we had where we unplug from everything and eat simply and fast and all that sort of stuff. Like a lot, I gain a lot from shifting, switching it up. Oh yeah. 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 My my mom was saying to us the other day, like my family's been through so much shit. Like it was crazy. And my, my, my dad was losing his mind in, in Florida and, um, trying to kill himself. 
and my mom needed to get him out of there. So, you know, literally I just like came home from school one day and my mom had the whole house packed with my three sisters and my dad. And she was like, we have to go. And they just left Florida and went back to New York and um, just went and lived at my grandma's house, sold the house down in Florida. So then I was just on my own down there for a few years. But my family was up here trying to like circle the wagons and get my dad's health in order and basically just save his life. Like my mom's actions then are the reason my dad's still here because he was he was trying to kill himself like physically. He I, one night when I was 16, I woke up to him stumbling out of the garage. Uh, he had had the car started in the garage, which was right next to my room. Probably would have killed me too. Um, and he stumbled out of there and was like, I, I'm just trying to kill myself. And it was four in the morning. And I just laid there and held him. And we were just going through some crazy shit. And at that point, my mom just took my dad and my sisters and just went and moved into her, her mom's house, my grandma's house. And they lived there for two and a half years while they built the house that my parents currently live in. And this whole time, my mom never missed a day of work. She earned for this family. My dad dr- dropped out of, you know, he just his earning potential went out the window when the, the addiction and depression and anxiety really hit him. And that was, he was in his mid-40s. So uh, my mom just fucking worked her ass off and still made a good living and got health insurance. Because mind you, during this, Caitlin's still having, you know, 100 seizures a day. And it's just, just fucking pure insanity. So she moves in with my grandma, starts building a house. And she said, those are the best years of her life. She said, we went from having a four-bedroom house with all you kids and everything you could imagine and TVs in every room and toys and a pool and this and that to having two bedrooms in my mom's attic and the house I grew up in. And those are the happiest years of our life. And it didn't matter the amount of space we had. We were getting through it together. And I think that's just because she went back towards more what our human nature is. Families should be together. They shouldn't be, the, the desire shouldn't be like constant splintering of the family unit. You know, it feels actually more natural when you come back together. So she's saying that to try to encourage us <laughs> to like, just throw your shit somewhere in storage and just come fucking stick, crash with us. Like, you, I know you guys aren't going to be here much. You're always making movies and out there or whatever, but but crash here. And I I don't think I'm too proud to do that and help out my family and um be there for caitlin because she really lights up when we're there so all all options are on the table but you know of of course i don't want to give up this this beautiful apartment that we worked our ass off to uh to get and keep and everything so yeah i think that you know when stuff when you feel like more insecure like the gratitude for the stuff that you have and what is actually important kind of goes higher oh yeah you know yeah the other night we were in bed and the middle of the night like we had all both fallen asleep and then i don't even know if you remember this but like we like you put your hand out and we like held hands for a little and it just like made my heart so sweet because i was like i could feel us like needing to connect more and just make sure that like we're bonded and that there's like a pri like that we prioritize like okay we're in this thing together and we're good and we love each other and and there's something Sometimes I feel like the fights we have are like a consequence of so much privilege. Like we're both like little brats and it's embarrassing. It's actually just like embarrassing to like be unkind to each other or whatever it is because whatever it is, Mm, (laughs) you know? And so then there's something to be appreciated when life kind of sets your priorities straight and, and maybe doesn't 
maybe makes you feel a little bit more on the edge because when you're on the edge you can kind of there's a you have a different perspective and can see your different clear more clearly and I think that's that's kind of just America's story of like the amount of excessive wealth and consumption that we have in this country to like maintain uh, a spiritual center in the midst of that is like close to impossible. It's probably one of the most difficult things to do. I feel like our culture is designed to, to deprive you from that experience, you know, because that experience uh, applied to millions and hundreds of millions of Americans would not uh, have this be the consumerist capital of the universe. You know, if people, if people are waking up in mass, if people are, are, you know, transcending the fucking bullshit story they've been told and transcending the illusions, like that ain't good for business. So that's why pot's still illegal on the federal level. That's why fucking psychedelics are illegal, even though they're fucking harmless for the most part, you know? So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting. Yes. What is the point here? I mean, like to love each other, be good to each other. And if you can wake up along the way, that's awesome. So Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's like what you're saying. It's like we're, we're, it feels fucking very chaotic. This it's, it almost doesn't feel real. Like the way that things are happening right now. And, uh, you know, to this woman's point, Maybe it's not. I don't know. There's probably a good chance it's not. It would be so nice to fucking wake up and be like, Cass, I just lived two and a half years of a fucking pandemic with you. We had girlfriends. We had people coming and going. We had fucking, we were so paranoid. We were sick and we were stuck here. And like, what the fuck? I, like, I would love to just wake up. We, we went broke. We were getting kicked out of this place. Like, holy shit. That was a fucking, that was such a vivid, real fucking dream. That would be so nice, you know. We we wake up, it's like February 2020. We just saw Ween last night. We're psyched, and I'm like, yo, I had the craziest fucking crazy parallel life dream. <laughs> yeah, but is there? It's it would be sweet, I guess. But but there's... then I'd lose all this spiritual development. And all, <laughs> you know, no, for real, and you know, evolving your soul. You know, this came for all of us, and it's like uh, it it's gotten the best of a lot of people, and I don't want that to happen to us. I yeah. ju- also just want to be an optimist. Like, I think that workers are being taken more advantage of than ever, but at the same time, they're waking up to their power. Yeah. The collective power of saying, like, oh, we're not going to work for uh, wages that don't allow us to afford rent. Yeah. You know, um, there's just a lot that's happened lately, and it's hard. Like, we're such a we're in such a pendulum, mm-hmm. you know, of these um, extremes, and it does feel like there's a balance, but. I don't know. I think you and I know how to have fun no matter the circumstances and maybe that was that's the problem. Maybe we have too much fun and we you know. If I don't know. <laughs> if the consequence of of me living a really fun life is like we have to fucking stash our shit at my parents for a few months while we get back on our feet. Great. It was much more worth it than whatever the hell else I could have been doing, you know squirreling away for the future what future what the hell's going even on you know i want to have fun now i want to be in the present moment i want to be enjoying my life i don't want to feel false scarcity all the time and just scared of people and scared of things and just fear-based narratives like i'm just i'm so sick of it so when i have the wherewithal to have these kind of thoughts and these little awakenings it's good for me to get on here and talk about and hear myself say these things because i get crushed by the illusion just like everyone else 
probably more so than most people. You see how fucking anxious and tight I can get. And, um, you know, all I need is just the reminder that sometimes fucking people wake up and uh, they had just lived a whole nother life that was an illusion. And, you know, that's probably what this is. And this is a more fragile, temporary thing than I think it, it ever feels like. And I, I think that's part of our struggle as humans is, is to control things and, and make ourselves feel immortal. And, you know, the, the truth is we are, you know, we are the sons and daughters of immortality. And we will probably, when this is over, get sucked back into that immortal fabric that the universe is made of and get spit back into mortal form to learn some lessons and just go back and forth and back and forth. I mean, I think that's why I want to wake up is because it makes me nervous. The idea of like, keep going around and around, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, There's something that's like less, I I have more dis-ease with all that. Me too, but uh, that's the whole thing. That's why when when the alarm goes off in your life, fucking wake up. Don't keep hitting sleep for incarnation after incarnation after incarnation. The snooze button, the snooze button. I don't want to fucking be aware. I don't want to know what my true nature is. Yeah, that's you hitting the snooze button on your existence, and I feel like that's one way to ensure that you're going to stay on this fucking merry-go-round is by hitting the snooze button. But... When the opportunity, and I feel like this happens to us a lot, when the opportunity presents itself, whether it's in the form of a drug or a lover or a friend or a fucking movie or a travel experience or something spontaneous happening, when that opportunity presents itself for you to fucking wake up and get to know who you really are and what what is really going on here, take that fucking shit. Take that opportunity. I, I guarantee you what comes along with it is going to be some uncomfortable truths, but they're true. Hmm. Yeah, that's what I think the best thing about getting the peek behind the veil that can come from, you know, psychedelics or extreme circumstances in your life. Like there's lots of ways that wake up that you don't need a drug for. But the most fun and beautiful thing about it is that once you've kind of like seen that peak, whether you're asleep or not, when you meet someone else who's seen a peak, hmm. there's like this like, real connection and this real community like i see you you see me like yeah. this true namaste that can happen yeah i i'm really glad you brought that up because i think I, I would that would have eluded me but i think that is something that like really sends a charge through my system it's like because because i notice it like uh you know I, I i meet other people and like you know we meet a lot of fucking people we meet and communicate with a lot of people and the more we've put out there what our experiences like this have been the more we're like it's like almost like the we're we're charged and we magnetize the other people with a similar life experience similar worldview similar fucking kaleidoscopic prism prism lens on this crazy ass thing yeah (laughs) all at the great mystery of it all you know but also like a there's a chillness that comes with it, a chillness with like the not knowing, you know, mm-hmm. and realizing that this is like much more fantastical than we could even imagine and that we are connected, maybe not like physically, but we're all vibrating cells, our bodies, this bed, like we are as connected as we are as if we're like in a computer, you yeah. know, and the hard drive to that computer 
is as accessible to you as it is to me. Mm. Like we are all equidistant from like the main frame, yeah. wherever the fuck that is. Everyone is equidistant from God. <laughs> there's, there's no one that's, that's closer or further or anything like that. Yeah. Well, and, but the, but like what I was saying about people who are living a little bit more on the edge, there is something about the grace and the wisdom that comes with like maybe having, I don't know if the word's closer, but kind of, well, you the, know? the veil that just, the, the veil isn't as effective as it is for people who are are going through in the, the zombie like slumber of life. You know the, the you know the the person that is suffering, homeless, schizophrenic, ranting and raving. You know, a human being. Uh, the 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 veil is almost non-existent for them. You know, so they they barely make any sense to people like us. Well, because they're seeing a lot of stuff we can't see. Yes, that's basically what it comes down to. And, and then you have beings like um, like Gabriel. Look into our old podcasts with Gabriel. And it's it's cool because he's one of those people. Like the veil is, is very wispy. And he he, he goes between the many dimensions within, within a conversation. And he'll start speaking light language in the middle of a sentence and then come back to that sentence and then go back to light language. Somehow you can still comprehend what the hell's going on and what he's saying and everything. So th- those people are very special because like they're the human embodiment of an awakening. Like I can look at Gabriel and be like, that's what an awakening looks like. Well, and also just being in his presence at the time, just realizing that like when we're in a room, when there's five of us, like we need to all like in order to like get anywhere together, we all have to settle it down. Mm. And there has to be like a certain level of, presence and awareness like you can't be taking up too much energetic space if we all want to collectively get somewhere yeah further yeah you know if you're like if you're always like this is i mean my problem i'm always like fucking with shit or distracted or running in and out of the room individual needs as opposed to you know the the collective vibe yeah and so there is something to like groups getting together and being like oh let's see where we can take this if we all just like calm and into our presence i will say about these i i don't know this living on the edge, the schizophrenia or whatever it is. Um, there is something about that that seems like, oh, they're closer. They see something that we can't see. But there is also something that once you kind of, I think that their minds, like our minds, are vulnerable to um, going for propensity towards the negative or paranoia or whatever it is. And Psychic warfare. Yeah. And, and there's this idea that because they can see these devils or whatever, that the devils are real. But if it's like that's the problem is people to me from what i can see is that you invest in your own reality your own narrative what your thoughts are saying to you rather Mm. than just being like oh look at this fear thought look at this thought oh look at this thought yeah this is you know and i think that that's its own version of attachment you know is being is being so on your paranoid story of like oh and 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 that it becomes so real where you can see the devils and you can see the demons and you know what's happening yeah but the thing is if you really really back up the beauty and the fun of this thing is that you can't know and as much as you think something is bad it probably is good Mm. you know as much as we think that but, someone doing this one thing is like just unequivocally bad. There's something that we probably can't see that's probably good as, about it. As fake as you think something is, it's probably real. And as real as you think something is, it's probably an illusion. <laughs> yeah. 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 It makes it, I, I think that's kind of hopefully where we can all get to collectively to kind of transcend the bipartisan divide 
in some way is just knowing that everything's a lot more nuanced and that if we could just be like more curious in every department and in every direction and and try to work together to do something that is collectively helpful to the best of our knowledge you know Mm. maybe we could get somebody somewhere i don't know (laughs) yeah yeah maybe i'm not too attached to it either way i think that's what's beautiful about this is just knowing that uh at any point i could fucking wake up as a five-year-old uh (laughs) who it's it's fucking 1837 and i live in india and i'm five years old like you know just like i'm not too attached to the um what whatever the fucking news is telling me to feel that day you know i'm i'm not gonna i'm i'm gonna do better than that and that's part of uh i think why this stuff it came into my in my field of vision and you know where where it speaks to me like and i i think that that's uh that's something we've gotten very good at and i i think that it's kind of what we refer to as as serving the muse but when something's speaking to you in some way, listen to that fucking thing. Serve that fucking thing. Go towards that fucking thing. You know? That's what we do for our, you know, if if some subculture or person or something is, uh, is you know, grinding our gears maybe in a negative way or we're scared of them. We were scared of Juggalos. And then we went to fucking the Gathering of the Juggalos and made American Juggalo. And now I'm like, I am a fucking Juggalo. You know, and they got and, something to teach us. And and they have something to teach us. And uh, we've learned a lot from them. And we've learned a lot from the the way they conduct themselves. And the jugglers are going to be fine. They're like, uh, they're, they're not even to be derogatory, they're like cockroaches. A, a, a nuclear bomb could fucking hit this planet and the jugglers are going to fucking survive. They know how to fucking get by. They're strong. They're fucking made of fago, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, just just basically to say like as as artists um as people who are looking to obtain temporary states of enlightenment are looking to fucking evolve our souls we've had to train ourselves to not be averse to changing our mind about something and that if something uh is setting off those alarm bells of frustration and anger and judgment that we actually go towards those things and learn more about them. And instead of making our judgments and creating a wall around them, we go through that and learn more about that stuff. That's made us who we are. Yeah, There's it, no one you can hold out for any amount of time when you're looking at the world that way. There's a righteousness is like, becomes like this alarm, you know, and, and that's what I was just saying. Yeah. You, you start to, when you realize like, okay, this is an alarm. It doesn't mean that you'll in that moment be able to like apologize and like do the most normal thing. Like you're probably going to have a righteous outburst all the time for the rest of your life, whatever. I'm, I'm saying it's possible. I'm not saying that. But when you kind of realize like, Ooh, I might not be so right about everything. Cause you've been humbled enough times. Then that's where it becomes fun for me is like being like, Ooh, like I don't like that feeling. Of telling someone how it is. Like, it doesn't... I used to feel so, like, necessary. Like, I got to tell people how it is. Because you were immersed in your righteousness. You were swimming in it. You you know? (laughs) Like, you know, and then you kind of... You get to an island, and you're like, oh, I don't need to be swimming around in my fucking righteousness anymore. I don't need to tell anyone anything. They're going to figure it out for themselves. You can hear it in your voice. You can hear it in your, like... You can hear, feel... The auric walls you put up when mm. you're trying to tell someone how it is that they don't know how it is, yeah. you know how it is, and yeah. it just like becomes this. There's a tonality 
that yeah. happens that I've w- witnessed in myself, and it, it's kind of fun to bear witness to. Oh yeah, well it's it's a it's a beautiful thing to bear witness to because then you can see when other people are doing it, and I think that's how we started this conversation is being like, I really wish Joe Rogan and Neil Young and Tim Heidecker weren't being like this, you know. I love it, though, because then we get to all see it and we get to see what it is in them that we don't want to have in us. Yeah. And, you know, it's like this kind of perfect mirror. Like we all that's how we can use each other's expressions is like it's all like Ramda says, grist for the mill. Yeah. And so it's like I don't to I know you don't there's no changing anyone. No. You know, there's no controlling the situation. So it's like admiring the beauty of like, oh, we get to see this on such a large scale like our one of our heroes, Neil Young, who like sings about love and, you know. Uh, tries to be a beautiful father and caring person is like trying to care for people and it might have a lot of backlash and it might not get the intended effect that he wants. And okay, how does that make me kind of self-regulate how I express myself? Because ultimately at the end of the day, you really want what's best for people. It's just a matter yeah. of figuring out how best to get there. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think, um, uh, censorship and banishing people is, is the way to do it. I, I think uh, it always starts at home. And if you respect yourself and you respect your own intelligence on a true, in a true way, and you have an, you have an idea of who you are and you respect yourself and you respect your intelligence, I feel like that starts to extend to other people. And that's what I would rather do than think that I have all the answers is to think, maybe I should just be coming up with better questions, Mm. you know, as opposed to telling people answers, maybe I should question things more and question things deeper and, um, respect my own intelligence and my own ability to, uh, make narratives out of the data points that are presented to me and not expect that to make sense to anyone else. Cause we're all living in our own goddamn reality tunnels. So, uh, yeah, it just seems like, uh, there's an itchy trigger finger on disrespect these days. Well, I mean, I think that everyone at this point, it's not, doesn't, it's pretty clear that these reality tunnels, these, this meme culture doesn't necessarily have our best interest at heart. It's all about clickbait. So there is like a zoomed out perspective where you like want people see this meme or whatever it is. And like, they take in information as like fact yeah and i'm and it's hard because there's like can be a small concerted effort by a a few amount of people to that has led to like fucking insane misinformation Mm -hmm. and i do believe that that's happening at the same time i don't know that i have the right information but i do think that getting your information from memes is it necessarily like, like I can't talk about this without sounding judgmental. I don't even know how to traverse. This is like very interesting. Well, it's a territory. good time to not judge and just fall back and like, listen and see what, like just hear the fucking strange echoes that are coming out of our culture right now. And Cause there is value to saying like, no, you can't put a grain of rice inside of me. Like I don't want, so like these people who are on the front lines of like, like my, what, what, what does that mean? Uh, uh, is that, Oh, sorry for something. Sorry. There's like, uh, they're doing, um, like in Sweden, I think it was, uh, doing like tr- vaccine passports where they insert something into your skin that says that you've been vaccinated. A microchip. Yeah. That would not be a grain of rice. That would be a microchip. 
I'm sorry. It's like the size of a grain of rice. Okay. Yeah. It, but I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Where are we going with this? Exactly. So, the, so like, Damn. as much as I want to be angry at these, like, disinformation memes, there is something to it where it's like, we don't want to give our power over to pharmaceuticals and the government and stuff like that. Like, we want to be able to make our own informed decisions and have access to information. The part that becomes discouraging is that there's a lot of manipulation and confusion around what is real, true information. But yeah. I'm confused. Like when the Trump campaign was saying there is no such thing as truth, like that, like, of course, irks you. But then there's also when you think about quantum physics and quantum mechanics where everything's a wave and a particle and it could be going in yeah, either direction. Right. You're like, wait, I don't know. And that's and that's also where I feel like our truth is so personal and I'm in my own reality tunnel. But the more I want to affect my reality tunnel is just thinking positive thoughts and growing beautiful flowers in the thought seeds of my mind mm -hmm. um, because that's kind of where I have the most control is um, like I got the vaccine. I, that's the decision I made. I got boosted and based on what I read and the information that I came across and I'm grateful that I did it and I'm just trying to visualize like I think not being fearful that this thing is going to be this negative thing that affects me for the rest of my life. Like I'm just trying to like work with my body to integrate whatever it is I put in my system, mm, you know, and the yeah. decision that I made to do that. Yeah. Um, so, so like, I don't know, but, but here's what's beautiful that, that trust that you've had in yourself, extend that to other people. Yeah. And then you know what happens? All those judgments start to dissipate. It's like, they're going to do what they're going to do. They're here fucking working out their karma, you know? Yeah. And more power to them. Great. You know, and then it just exonerates you from having to fucking worry so much about what other people are doing and judge other people for what they're doing. It's a terrible way to go through life. Just worry about your fucking self. You know what I mean? Do right by yourself. Respect yourself. Respect your intelligence. Respect your ability to decipher patterns and move on. Act accordingly, you know? Yeah. And just follow that silver cable that's fucking leading you to your death. Yeah, there's it's it's, beautiful I saw I heard path. <laughs> <laughs> I heard Jessa Reed say something not too like I guess a while ago now, um, but she was saying something about the crypto world and like just because crypto's working out for somebody doesn't mean it's gonna work out for you. Like you have your own karmic story Yeah. With money and this sort of thing. So you can't just, it's not like a one size fits all like, Oh, if you get into the crypto game, you're going to do as well as Noah or whatever it is. Like that has to do with his own relationship to money. And that's where it's like, okay, this vaccine, yeah. I probably have to do with my own relationship to stuff. And everyone has to navigate their own relationships in this universe. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a lot of very interesting, tricky things are coming up. A lot of good food for thought that honestly is not, that fun sometimes to think about because it can bring a lot of bring a lot of despair up you know yeah yeah and i, I think uh, as we're seeing by the the numbers people are overwhelmed by that despair and don't know what to do and there's not many places to turn so yeah we're seeing a uh, hundred thousand fucking fentanyl deaths in in, in a year Jeez. twice the amount of people we lost in vietnam in a year and it doesn't even get talked about addiction through the roof suicide through the roof you know these are symptoms of uh getting caught in the illusion and being manipulated and taken advantage of by a group of elite people who know exactly what they're doing they know exactly what they're doing so uh 
you know, it's up to us, and I think it's high time that we don't play their game anymore. And I think all we're talking about on this podcast is trying to obtain some tools to make navigating this this life and our current circumstance a little bit easier for people so they don't feel like they need to off themselves because I know I've been there a lot lately you know just just will to live just low you know I'm not laughing no it's it sucks it fucking sucks it's a it's a it's a heavy it's it's very it's probably the heaviest feeling I, I could possibly have had you know yeah and some people feel it more than others and yeah it's not a fun feeling when you don't really get the point of sticking around. Yeah, here. that that's and it yeah. feels like very dark. And I think that's that's what's happening to this older generation and the younger generation. It's it's universal. No one is immune from this kind of like what the fuck is going on here and what is the point? Yeah. Um, and that's where yeah, it's there's a lot of responsibility on our shoulders to try to make heaven on earth, given like the bizarre circumstances and new challenges that are we're having to traverse like daily yeah uh, and 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 it's going to do something to us and um i'm here for it fuck it i'm not gonna off myself and i hope you don't either whoever's hearing this if you've had those thoughts i really hope you don't because uh we'll get through this your dad's happy he's still here he is he, he's really happy he's still here you got know. a lot of good years after that uh, it's, it's it's that was uh 22 years ago you know and he's had many moments since then where he's not necessarily wanted to be here, but I think that yeah. it's always impermanent. Yeah, but it's a it's about those those mini awakenings, those epiphanies of the obvious, and if if you allow yourself to be open to those things and know the way you're feeling right now is temporary, and and it can and it will change, um, I th- I think it like I'm saying it gives you another tool to help traverse this thing to help want to stay on this fucking mortal coil for a little longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to rip this and then um, let's switch it over to the Patreon. I'll do some stony baloney. I have another one of these stories of the parallel life story I really want to read. So, uh, but we ran out of time on here. We'll do it over on the Patreon. Cool. Do you want to, do you want to hype up our Patreon for a second while I hit this? Sure. Come on. Come, Come on, on, baby. Do, Come on. do the fucking sales pitch. Like you're, you're right now you're speaking to a person who has uh, consumed a lot of our free content for uh, months, if not years, and for some reason they haven't pulled the trigger on supporting us on the Patreon. What are you going to say to this person? Uh, Thanks for hanging out with us. Mm -hmm. Um, Really appreciate your time. And, and, um, yeah, I appreciate you considering supporting the Patreon where Sean does um, Church of Chill music episodes, which I couldn't speak more highly of. There's, like... I don't know, 130 of them almost on there right now. Um, and I really, those are basically like, we just listen to an hour to two hours of music and hang out and do art. And I think that is worth it in itself because I think it's really hard to curate good and interesting music and your vibe is always like right on point. And I think it's really important to unplug, turn your phone off and do art or whatever it is or meditate or just use music as like, literally a church like we like we like this church of chill thing is like kind of a joke but it's like actually real we're trying to build the world that we want to be a part of trying to build the community there is something that's been beautiful about churches and how it's kept communities and people together and a common purpose and it's been so it's gotten so out of whack and there's been all this like power dynamics and just but we're not like 
we're just looking to try to provide you a good space and a good time. And if you appreciate that and could use some more good vibes in your life, like join us over at Church of Chill, patreon.com slash Church of Chill, where you can also be part of the awesome Discord community, which is a lot of really cool, like-minded homies. <laughs> and like we're saying, those people who have like also seen a peek behind the veil, like when you meet them, you're like, oh shit, you're my brother. You're my sister. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I the, love that. And what's cool about it is not coordinated through me a lot of the people on the patreon have started to like or on the discord have like started to meet each other in real life and you can find people who live in your neighborhood we're doing more of that and this isn't like hey pay us so you can hang out with us it's literally there's no other way for us to do this really and keep track of it but if you join our patreon you're going to get invited to space camp or like we're doing something in la called field trip where we get together with a bunch of people for a one day balls to the wall fucking trip in like a park or on the beach. Um, we'll be announcing more information about that coming up. And uh, yeah, I, just, I mean, that's where we found all of our best friends is like you meet, they hear us on this. We fucking throw out the rogue signal. They hear us. They contact us in the discord or come to space camp and we become besties. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm not the best salesperson, but I, uh, I don't know. I think it's awesome, and you can pay what you want. But you join now before we change our minds about that. What a what a crazy thing! Like when we set up the Patreon, we didn't even think about it. Like with the click of a button, we fucking could have tripled our income and probably paid our rent through this. But instead, we did a pay what you want thing, and that's okay. Well, I think um, for us, it's really important that it's accessible, and we trust that people who like there's some people who just like want to listen to one church of chill a month, and for them, like that's fine. And yeah. then there's people who like really appreciate it more and i and they and they can throw us more yeah so and we want to just keep doing stuff and like i want to do i have a lot of ideas and i get insecure about talking about the ideas because they don't necessarily happen as quickly as i would want them to but um a lot of cool things we want to keep building and making happen you have a monthly art group that meets on the discord you have a book club that meets on there like oh yeah I said, those have been have, my favorite yeah i mean just uh and we have the 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 back porch smoke sesh where you just like if you're just having a smoke hop on the video and somebody will meet you in there and and uh yeah it's, it's really been a cool way especially during fucking quarantine and extreme isolation to just know that your people are out there like fucking what a relief in itself yeah, and I, I think that what's been really fun about this is, like, we're in such an airy time, Age of Aquarius, and we're building, um, like, a virtual community where we can stay connected, and it's a little different than, you know, the Twitter. Or the, it's just more, I think it's more positive all around and supportive, and I think it's an important space, and I'm very grateful for everyone who's a part of it and throws logs on the fire. Mm, well, let's throw another huge log on the bonfire. Uh, yeah, join us for the rest of this conversation patreon.com slash church of chill peace love and magic y'all